Why do we associate expensive with good? There's a psychological reason behind it, and marketers take advantage of that every day. Not anymore. This is Good Swill Hunting. We've assembled a team of experts. Brian, our industry insider. Talking about price. Okay. Uh, I would look into the craft of beer world. Helps us navigate the world of beer alongside Matt. For the hardcore damaged individual alcoholic. <laughs> a total outsider. He prefers bush ice. I'm Blaine. My job is to balance things out. John, our host, keeps this train on the tracks. We try the cheap stuff so you don't have to. This is Good Swill Hunting. All right, we've assembled. It's been a year. Now we're we're, up. we're doing our first episode in the uh, the new year, I guess you could call this, for Good Swill Hunting. So glad you're with us today. I'm John. I'm joined by Matt, Brian, and Blaine. Just a little uh, recap of what we do here on the podcast. Matt already has a question. Go ahead, Matt. What do you, what do you, what do you want to ask? I have a question. You, you looked at me like you were confused. That's just my look. <laughs> that is your look. Matt is our beer outsider who prefers bush ice, so he can keep it. And uh, I have an open one right here. He does. He's got an open one next to the beer we'll be trying today. Uh, Brian is our beer insider. He's uh, worked in the beer business for years, and he yep. helps us. You know, he helps us navigate the world of beer. Seven years and counting. Blaine beer is our professional. Uh, our balancer. He knows what he likes. So he shoots straight, and I'm just keeping the uh, train in the track. So glad you're with us here. You do a bad uh, job at that, by the way. I know. <laughs> Last episode kind of went long. I'm sorry about that. But it was a year. We all had things to get off our chests. Uh, but, you know, you go to goodswillhunting.com, learn a little more about each of us. That was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. We had a good time with that. And, um, hey, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Untapped. Follow us on Untapped if you can. Like, become our friend. We'll, we'll, we'll friend you. It'll be fun. Uh, but today we are talking about Kirkland Citra Hop Session IPA Craft Brewed Ale. Matt, this is totally you, right? This this screams, or uh, Brian, this screams you. No, it doesn't, because like... Citra Hop Session IPA Craft Brewed Ale. I am looking forward to but this beer hops. less than I was the Boatswain or the second simpler time. You can't time. say no, that. No, I, no because I've harsh. tried Kirkland beer before, and it is... I'd okay. rather drink okay. Matt's piss. What, uh, <laughs> I have... We, we can arrange that. I think Matt's piss may have more alcohol in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. This is 4.9. Matt's, Matt's pee in at least five. Um, but, Brian, I have had this in my uh, beer fridge, my neighborhood beer fridge, for several weeks. This is given to us by a listener named Stephen, who's also... Uh, Helped out with the podcast. He's done is, several is that different Stephen commercials. With a PH? No, it's with a V. Stephen. <laughs> it's with a V. Uh, he's actually he did uh, the song "I Drink Every Beer Man." Oh. That's him. So he 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 brought us this because he wanted to see what we thought. He also did the uh, uh, but uh, Bush Apple Steel Reserve. Bush and, Apple and Bush too. Apple. Okay, so he's done several. Um, now he, the reason he got us the Kirkland was because he had. Kirkland Light with me, I believe, once. And so he found this and was like, I wonder what you guys will think about this. I will say this. All my neighbors like it. Even the beer snobs like it, Brian. And, and, and there's a reason why like, we have not had a Kirkland beer until then because of that. <laughs> the experience you just talked about. It was really bad. Right. And none of us wanted to sink. And not that it's a lot of money, but we wouldn't we would be how many was like a 60-pack uh, or 90-pack? We got, would drink the four here and then we'd have 
this just collecting dust. He got a 24 pack. Is what okay. He got. All right. So let's go over this. You guys, if you want to go ahead and uh, start cracking them, I'm going to describe what we're going to be drinking here. And then Blaine will go over the very basic can. <laughs> so today, this is beer number 59. It is known as Kirkland Citra Hop Session IPA. This is uh, 4.9% alcohol. Found at Costco by Steve. It was $21 for a 24-pack of 12-ounce cans. This is only $0.07 an ounce for a Session IPA. Untap users say this is a little bit piney um, without being too hoppy. Not terrible. Generic but delicious, which kind of describes Costco. Uh, Only two of our (laughs) friends have had this beer. Uh, Chris, who bought us a beer, he brought us some uh, Narragansett Fresh Catch. He also brought us Natty Bow. He's had this one. He enjoyed it. And Steve, who I just went over, he tried it too. Untap gives it a 3.43 overall rating. Blaine, tell us about the can. Yeah, they're definitely trying to play with the branding on this. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like this kind of this kind of style Citra Hop Session IPA goes with the mountain man beard hiking thing and i feel like that's what they've done on the can they've got an x with like different symbols on it it kind of reminds me of like the people who shop at rei and have you know hiking and kayaking and mountain biking Mm -hmm. that's what the can symbol looks like only it's a a hop a barrel and a glass and what is that wheat or something wheat yeah Yeah, and it's green a blue citra hop session ipa craft brewed ale and i i just have to read this part because it's please do Brewed and bottled by Hoppen und Malz, Hoppen brewing company out of San Jose, California. Does not sound like a San can, Jose brewery. Can I say how ugly oh, this Oh, there's a lot can, more here. Oh, uh, he says can the can. Can he finish? No, oh, I won't talk about the can. Aromatic, bright, and hoppy, an IPA that greets you with mm. a golden hue and a refreshing citrus-like aroma created from dry hopping with citra, cascade, and lemon drop hops. It features a bright, hoppy flavor supported by a discreet malt base. This is a brew that doesn't sacrifice flavor for drinkability. Okay. Oh. Hey, you guys want to do first sip impressions? Well, but I want to talk about the can, how ugly it is with that damn Kirkland. That really takes away signature. from it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it really, I mean, the can isn't, isn't good looking, but that just makes an ugly can now, uglier. Usually when I see Kirkland's signature when I'm at Costco and I buy something, I know that it's going to be a good product. Right. I know that it's going to, if I'm getting their paper towels or their toilet paper or their meats, I know it's going to be good, but it doesn't work with beer. It's just that weird, like generic by and large brand uh, slapped on a can. You know, leave it to the beer snob to diss a can. You know, (laughs) this is the first can I've dissed. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) You can find another one somewhere. I see a can and I see 12 ounces of beauty. I see 12 ounces of potential. <laughs> you know, you're, you're in a can. You had me at hello. And I'm willing to give you a try, girl. And this isn't even a pounder. Let's, uh, let's, you know what? We should probably do first sip impressions. It's time for first sip impressions. Keep the first sips going and the swill flowing. You know we buy the cheap stuff. As little as five cents an ounce would keep us happy. Check out goodswillhunting.com and click donate. Yeah, hit up that website if you can. So, Brian, you, you don't like the can. What about the taste? Okay, so. Have you uh, tasted it yet? Yeah, I have. I want to go over my history with, with Kirkland beers. I've, I've only had them once before. Um, my father-in-law was in town, and this is, I mean, this is about 10 years ago. I bought home a mixed variety pack. Oh, I've seen those. And I 
had one beer and I had an instant headache. And my father-in-law did too. And then I tried them the next day, same thing. Um, it's a, it's a, and I've actually had other Kirkland products. I've actually had their vodka, which is really good. Yes, it is. And well, it's their, great goose, right? And their Allegedly. bourbon, their bourbon, tequila. I mean, yeah, tequila. All their their spirits are awesome that I've tried, but I've been afraid to. Try. We even buy their their prosecco. Um, you yeah. know, in, in our house, that's good. We, we always that, have that on, and you know, we bring it to parties. People, it's good. And going been outside there. of the alcohol realm. I've been told that their their Colombian coffee is like actually Starbucks. Yeah, we we usually no, buy that. I hated their. I will tell you this, and I'm, I'm not, not a kidding. coffee guy. So Kirk, so Costco's known for their return policy. We returned a thing of coffee because we didn't like it, and it was the Colombian. We didn't we didn't. And then, true story, my my wife returned a trash can after a year. <laughs> uh, so can, they took it so back. Can you return a half drunken can I of beer? Bet we could. I bet we could. <laughs> but here's my impression of this beer. I don't hate it. I'm, I'm really afraid I'm getting a headache, though, because of my past experience. It's just ingrained in me. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it because, and it's the first impression we'll get into more. I'm getting more pine in an aftertaste than I am getting citra and lemon drop. And I, in a session, I want that. Okay. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I'm just now taking my first sip, and I kind of spilled it on my coat here, but... Try of course, it. it's okay. It's a rain you, jacket. You seriously? Okay, let's go to Blaine then. What the heck? Usually um, you're done by now. So, first sip impression, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Hmm? Don't know if it's good. So, I, I got to think about that okay. one. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair first sip. All right, Matt, you finally drank it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely got a hoppiness to it. I I pity Brian's immune disorder that gives him a headache every time he opens a... A cheap swill, but no, uh, no, just Kirkland and High Life. High Life does that too to me. Oh. Yeah, my heart hurts for you, but it, you know it's uh, it's got the bite. I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. So, mm-hmm. John, give us yours. And I'm uh, the same way. I don't know how to feel about this beer yet. I'm going to keep drinking it. It's a craft brewed ale. Um, it doesn't have the Kirkland taste I thought it would have. So that's that's a plus. Um, <laughs> but, Kirkland bad taste. Yeah. No. Um, Let's let's uh, maybe the advertising help us out a little bit. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah. It's good to be back, Daddy, Daddy. Here we go. If you want it big and you want it cheap, you know where to go. Talking about Costco. Name brands, no, no. If it's here, it's Kirkland for sure. We make everything. Yeah, everything. Woo! Sing it, Baby! We make food. And toilet paper, too. That cheap vodka, it tastes like Grey Goose. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad we got a little more butt rock in our uh, in our uh, in the podcast. We needed that, but you know what else we need is we need to have a little more background on these type types of beers. And Brian, you talk to someone who knows their beers. I mean, we know you know your beers, but you talk to somebody who's who really knows their beers. Right, right. So for for Kirkland, I mean. I, I'll, who brews this beer? Okay, that, I think that's a, the most important thing, and then we're going to get into the that's interview. That's an important question. But this. like, where did this, where did this come who from? Who brews this? So we have Huffen und Malz Brewing. Um, so when you're buying a Kirkland beer right now, you want to look at the can and see if it says it was brewed on the West Coast or the East Coast. If it's brewed on the West Coast, it's brewed by Gordon Biersch. If it's brewed on the East Coast, it's brewed by Matt Brewing. So this one, if you read the can, <laughs> wait, what? Genesee. You can't just breeze over that one. Genesee. Matt Brewing is who owns Genesee. We've oh, talked wait, about wait, this wait, before. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So Matt Brewing owns Genesee, which you love. Uh, Genesee Cream Ale is a great beer. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe. Oh, anyway, continue. Um, so that just tells you who brews the beer. Um, but Kirkland has been through several breweries. Um, there's some company out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin called Bricks and Barley who's brewed some of their beers in the past. I think whoever did that light that we talked about, the aforementioned, it was listed by many places as the worst beer in the world. It had to be. Yeah. It was so gross. I never tried that one. I had two cases of it, and they were cubes. There were 30 packs. Two separate times. I thought maybe I overlooked something, and I did not. But they were like $18. You you get your jollies off buying cheap beer. I do. But... <laughs> you do. I do. But, I'm gonna buy this stuff. <laughs> but going into this episode, I was like, "All right, you know, Kirkland. There's not much about who brews them. You could, you know, bring up the two contract brewers." But I really wanted to talk to somebody who could talk to, could enlighten us about why some of these co-packaging companies slash contract brewers make amazing beers, Octopi, and some brew absolute. Worse than the flavor of Matt's piss beers, Ugh. and we're talking Mean Haas. Yes, we will. We, you know, internet rumors are they brewed our worst beers. So I interviewed, I think one of the smartest brewers I know, Chad Henderson. He is the head brewer and co-owner of Noda Brewing here in Charlotte. Now I have about five brewers that when I'm writing an article, if I need an opinion, I reach out to because they're brilliant. Okay, and he's one of them. And pause on Noda Brewing. Like this is the flagship, probably one of the flagship brewers in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, and they have a lot of amazing beers. They really do, Uh, and just a cool brand um, Mm -hmm. all around. So and just good people. Yeah, that's a really cool interview. And so what I did on this interview is I've actually brought up a lot of stuff. So I'm going to warn listeners: this is our longest interview, but at the same point, we talk about the importance of beer awards because we've talked about that on this podcast does the great american beer festival award matter does the world beer cup award matter and he talks about that then we talked about what goes into making great beers and bad beers and things he looks for and then i actually got him to taste the beer what we're drinking and about it. yep all right i'm really excited about this let's listen i am here with chad henderson at Noda brewing in charlotte north carolina chad is the Head brewer and co-owner of the brewery. 
Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Well, before we really get into the topic of conversation, I want listeners to know about you. So brag about yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've been with Noda since the very beginning, helped build it out, was promoted to co-owner on our third anniversary. We are about 10 and a half years old at this point. We're the second oldest currently operating brewery in the uh, greater Charlotte area. We've gotten a fair amount of awards over, on a large scale, whether it be U.S. Open, World Beer Cup, or Great American Beer Festival over the... 10 plus years that we've been doing it. The biggest one that's of note is our IPA uh, won gold for American IPA in 2014 at the World Beer Cup, which from my knowledge, at least, we're still the only East Coast brewery that has, has done that. Uh, it's obviously a very large category. Um, depending on the year, Hazy sometimes is bigger, but at the time, it was the uh, the biggest category and whatnot. So when we've, we've accrued a fair amount of awards, we're, st- we're extremely active in the greater Charlotte community as far as charities and, and uh, you know social interactions and things of that nature. And we just finished expanding to have a full North and South Carolina distribution, but the majority of our uh, sales happens in our own self-distribution in the uh, greater Charlotte area and also self-distribution in the Triangle area, so Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill area in general. So we just help distribute there and go through distributors for uh, everywhere else in between. So we have, we believe in like the concept of digging deep instead of really wide with our roots. And, and I'm glad you brought up your accolades and, and the many medals you won because something that we do talk about a lot on the show is what that means to a brewery. You know, are, are some of them just popularity awards where it's up on social media and whoever gets the most likes or G- GABF and World Beer Cup? Those are truly judged by professional beer judges. Yeah, those are really important because they don't see anything of your beer at all other than what's poured into a glass and put in front of them. They know it's a certain style and they have to judge it on that on those merits. They don't know what it's called. They don't know what the can looks like. They don't know where it's from. Uh, so you do have, it is really truly a, um, an award via a consensus of, of established beer experts. And the bigger and you know more established the award ceremony tends to have more higher population of very well-established and tenured judges. Uh, so that increases the clout as well when you're looking at a World Beer Cup, a GABF, a US Open, those sorts of um, uh, competitions have people they, they don't just take someone who is their first time judging like right. these are very these are people with a ton of experience with it they come from all over the world they have all sorts of accolades in their own right as a judge uh, and it, it really does feel kind of like a um, an industry pat on the back and being like hey you're you're doing you're doing a good job at least for, for this thing you know right. so and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really proud with our portfolio of uh, awards that we've gotten on that large scale that we you know a lot of people kind of peg certain breweries for doing like one style really well and, and we've gotten you know lagers pumpkin beers belgian beers ipas dark beers we've gotten a lot of very wide spectrum of um, of uh, styles uh, that have won on the major levels so it's it's nice to know that like you know we are able to kind of nail the style expectations for a bunch of different styles as opposed to just kind of hanging our hat on, on one concept. Because you and I ran into each other in Denver this year right after you yeah. picked up a medal uh, at, for, at the Great American Beer Festival. Yep, for our Blondale. For your Blondale. Yeah. That's not the first time the Blondale has won, right? That is the first time, yeah. That is okay. The first time on, on a large scale. It's won on more local scales okay. and stuff like that. But that was the first time at a GABF or a World Beer Cup uh, or U.S. Open. We've just did U.S. Open for the first time this past year. We won gold for our IPA at that one as well. And then we got a second medal for our, um, our Maybach and a second medal for our lager as well at that. So, What did winning that first gold for Hop Drop do for the business? Because I, I feel that the beer community at the time Charlotte and Charlotte was pretty small. Mm-hmm. And when, that, when you brought home that award, I felt like as somebody in the community, that really helped push Noda 
to an even greater growth strategy. I mean, the beer was found everywhere. People were going nuts for it. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was a definitely a mostly positive whirlwind. It was still a lot of whiplash in it as well. I mean, we literally increased sales on it in that one weekend uh, by three hundred and twenty percent. The nightmare part of it was, you know, not having allocated hops to be able to make it over and over again. So we had to kind of allocate who and how much of of, of each account was going to be able to get access to it, which was difficult and also really hard for a lot of accounts to swallow, you know, because people would feel like they're getting shafted. And it's like, well, we can either sell as much as you all want and run out of it halfway through the year and not have it until we can find, until our next allocation of hops come in, or, you know, we can, we can kind of like try to ration it out. So, which no one was going to be happy one way or the other. So it it did come with some, some, uh, some growing pains with that, but it definitely put us on the map. And honestly, like, I, I mean, I'm obviously partial to it, but I, I hope that it at least helped put Charlotte also on the mm-hmm. map too because you know you know it's like we no one had heard of us and no one had really considered Charlotte to be a player I think in the in the uh the grand beer world and I mean, like everyone in the everyone, state really yeah yeah I mean even if anyone saw, thought of like where are you going to find some good North Carolina beers everyone would say Asheville right you know and you had a lot of good reason throughout the triangle area that had been like tried and true for a while but the Charlotte scene was very new and very young and so with us winning something on the scale of American IPA and, and a gold at World Beer Cup, I hope that it kind of really brought some positive attention to our whole scene, not just with our, our, and our business itself. And a way to demonstrate to both listeners and you on, on what, what that did for me personally as a, as a beer drinker and how that lends to your audience. Uh, you know, I didn't know you back then. Right. Um, you know, I, I knew Noda Brewing. Uh, I went out and sought that beer right. because you want it. Right. And to this day, it's usually on draft in my house. And when I'm out at a restaurant or a bar, it's typically what I'm drinking. Awesome. So, you know, it, not only you won that award, but it, it is really, to me, you know, passed the test of time. I, I appreciate it. And it still remains our number one selling beer. You know, a lot of people don't realize that Hop Drop, only when we won that beer, right up before that point, have we decided to even make it a year-round beer. So we just didn't have the hop allocation to do right. it. Our year-round IPA at that point, when we first started out, uh, back in 2011, was actually a double rye IPA called Notarized. The hop drop, the hop drop was just around when we were able to comfortably know we were going to get enough Citra and Amarillo uh, to, to to run it. So we went and made it a few times, and I think at that point we had gotten some better hop contracts in, and we we're like, all right, we're going to do it year round, and we started canning it, and you know, we had gotten a centrifuge in and whatnot. And a few months later, all of a sudden we win a gigantic medal that I wasn't expecting at all. I was hoping we might have lucked out and gotten a bronze and. And uh, I mean, we'd seen it up there in the goal. It's still, still, it, it's amazing how long it took to register in my head yeah. when, it, when it happened. It is also, you know, that's the other thing too. Is like it, it, it forced our QA and QC team, uh, which was myself, <laughs> just like the whole production team, really, uh, to really write our um, our entire standards of, of you know quality control off of it yeah. because it's such a poor shelf life of a beer. You know, when you're looking at American IPA. You know, we had just gotten to the point where we could centrifuge. Our, our lab was still trying to be figured out by our, our guy that was that was doing everything he could to try and figure out a lab situation. Pour into the essentially the Olympics of beer. This one won gold for the category. You expect it to taste good, so it, it made it, it brought a whole new level of challenges with distribution and meeting the, the uh, you know the, the demand for it, but also to meet the quality demands that we we're going to have. Because people were also hoarding it. You know, yep. people were just sitting on kegs of it and whatnot, and ordering more and more so they could, you know put it on draft whenever they feel like it's like we well, can't stop putting these kegs over here for months on end you know they're not you're not right. doing the beer any favors and stuff which i think is is a good leeway into to, to what we really want to talk about today is you know we as a podcast review a lot of 
cheap beers. I mean, that's the whole idea, good school hunting. Uh, we look at some of the cheaper regional beers, like your Natty Bows. We review those old style. And we also look at a lot of these store brands, Lidl, Aldi, uh, Trader Joe's. And in particular, you know, what we want to talk about is, you know, there's about three breweries that brew all of them. Two of them, we pretty good ratings on the show. One of them, every beer we have tried, it's atrocious. Right. I mean, you know, we, we don't want to bash, but it's also we would never buy it. Right. Um, what? What? Could, why are they? Why are they completely missing the style? Talk about technology, ingredients, and whatnot. What could affect it? There's a lot of stuff that can affect it, and I, I can't say anything definitively because I'm not there, you know, on the floor brewing it with them, obviously. But when you look at uh, the factors that go into it, it's it's one of those things you can talk for hours about all the different things that can go wrong or go off that can change the consistency of a beer. So then that's when you're trying to really dial it in to be super consistent, let alone be anywhere close to what you're trying to advertise the beer for. So I, I the, the first thing that's on the laundry list of things that can go wrong with it is obviously having a an inaccurate best by date or having a date that they say it's good by just so that it has higher shelf appeal for, for distribution buyers because obviously if you're if you're distributing a product and you, you look at a catalog of stuff mm-hmm. that you want to buy to then go out to sell to accounts if someone's got a two-month life window on a beer you're like well, i'm not even bother with it by the time i get it in stock and sell it it's gonna be out of its own shelf date so a lot of times they elongate shelf dates especially for beers that are hot driven that they're like oh it's best buy is eight months from now right it's like not a lot of ipas survive that because then the other big thing too that I've been trying to preach for years is so much of that is heavily dependent on how you store it you know if you keep you know I always use like the anecdote of like uh, years ago I I found a hop drop and roll uh, IPA in in my fridge and it was like right underneath like the vent so it was like almost frozen over and it was like six months old and it tasted fine it wasn't the best version of it I've ever had but it was totally drinkable and, mm-hmm. and, and fine and whatnot uh, but then I you know you can you know forget one in your car in the middle of the summer and open it up two weeks later and it's a complete drain pour right know? so like the warmer you keep the beer the faster it ages so you know when you're selling from a from a big contracting brewing group you know to a distributor in multiple different states or traveling all over the place. You know, going across the country, going, you know, you know, it's on a truck the whole time. You know, even if the truck is refrigerated, like by the time it even gets to the store shelf so that the, cons- the customer can buy it, they don't know the born on day. That's why, like, one right. thing that we do with all of ours is we always put the day that the can was canned, right. not the best buy. Because depending on how you handle it, it's going to heavily affect you know how long its longevity is and then you know so so if you're keeping it warm or it's warm warm on the shelf uh then especially hoppy beers are going to start to degrade ex- exceptionally faster than if they're kept cold but even if they are kept cold you're going to get hop degradation so a lot of times when you open one of those beers um, that advertises an ipa and is within the best buy date of it maybe by like maybe a month short or something like that and you get like no hot punch on it it's probably because it's still old right you know it just doesn't a- openly advertise that is and there's no way for the consumer to truly know that unless they have an in at the brewery itself you know we've even reviewed some of their their lagers and pilsners yeah. and they've been completely missing the mark how it, so it, um they don't have the Christmas of, of the beer. Um, they, I feel that the malt bill is is not giving you that golden beer. And of course, we we're not pouring it into a, a glass because the idea of our reviews are uh, you know sitting around watching football, just pounding sure. the cans. Yeah, so we're not seeing it, but they're they're usually overly malted, almost like a stale flavor on the malt. Right. Um, 
a little too much caramel a lot of times. Right. So um, cardboardish flavor. So there's a so that cardboardish flavor. That's what I was kind of going to, towards was that, that you still have oxygen pickup too. That's heavily involved with that, and especially when you're doing something like a lager or a golden ale or like something that's very straightforward and is not hot driven. If you are picking up a lot of oxygen or what we call TPO, total package oxygen, you're going to get degradation super fast. And just the the, uh, the oxygen off flavor, what people call oxidizer to non-ale, has a papery, cardboardy sort of flavor to it. Oxygen also really emphasizes malt notes. Yeah. Uh, and then you also, but, but for to, to lagers, um, you know, standards as well, they tend to produce more uh, hydrogen sulfites from their lagering fermentation, which tends to help reduce the, that effect. But again, they may be putting an absurdly long best by date on it, so you're, so you're still getting an right. older lager. And, he, and you know, no matter how resilient lagers are, for the majority of them, unless you're going into like a Doppelbach or something like that, most of them are still best fresh. You, know, right. you get that crispness, you get that little Absolutely. sharp bite and that nice clean pop that you know good lagers for that are refreshing and balanced and all that sort of stuff. But then you also have the fact too, and again, this is just speculating. I don't, I don't know 100% until, unless I'm right there on the floor, but when you have a bunch of brands that get mass packaged, mass contract brewed and whatnot, you know, they have in their, their operations and their agreements, you know, like what sort of quality standards are you going to use? What sort of ingredient standards are you going to use? And there's a lot of times with these, the brand of the, the individual brand is really more of a, a marketing brand and a concept and more than they really right. care about. I want this one specific type of grain or these specific types of hops to go in. Like a lot of times they go, just make it a lager or just make it fit these random parameters or this ABV. And so you can use high fructose corn syrup or you can use rice as a fermented, uh, you know, characteristic. Right. It's, just, you know, it's just trying to get to the end product and, you know, whatever, your, whatever steps you're going to take for it, you know, you can cut edge. And that's, again, that's a speculative sort of thing. And, and depending on the contract, you could either have, all the say in the world over every single ingredient that goes into it or it can be very much so like whatever happens to work and keep the cost down or whatever you know so a lot of times when you're looking at cost efficiency i mean high fructose corn syrup's the, the cheapest thing you can ferment a beer off of you know right you know and it's just, you know it's that's why you can buy macro beer so much cheaper than craft is you know like you're they're, you're looking at you know fractions of pennies on it you know per fermentable unit that versus you know versus the the, the pure grains and all that sort of stuff well for today's show we are actually reviewing Kirkland's Session IPA. And I brought one along for you to try. Um, and I'd, I'd really, I want you to try the beer and let us, let me know how well you think it hits the mark. And just a little background on Kirkland's beer, you know, it's Costco. Um, the internet rumors are that if it's West Coast brewery name on it, it's brewed by Gordon Beers. East Coast, the rumor mill says Matt Brewing. Okay. So this one, I believe, is Gordon Beers. Okay. Um, just from it. So, um, Go ahead and crack it, and, and you know, curious on your feedback on this one. Sure, I have my not first, tried it. It's my first time trying it too. Imagine uh, Kirkland beers aren't usually in your refrigerator. No, <laughs> they're not. It looks nice. It looks really nice. Head stability is good on it too. The best buy date on it, by the way, for the people listening, is uh, five thirty one twenty two. So we are in a couple months short of that. And it's the Citra Hop Session IPA, and it says on it that it's uh, is dry hopped with Citra, Cascade, and Lemon Drop hops, all of which are great hops to use. So, four point nine percent alcohol. So, also not an ultra thin session, so to speak. So. And I believe it was bought about a month ago at Costco. Okay, the aroma's nice on it. It definitely has some oxidized character to it, but again, it's probably got a pretty wide Best Buy window yep. on it. I know a lot of craft breweries. 
we'll put like a four month, maybe a six month. So with these ones, I don't know if they would go much longer than that, depending on the style, but you know, it's all just assume, assumed. That's fine. I mean, a taste session, it's not a whole lot of bitterness in it. It definitely does have some of the citra and lemon drop hop character coming through it. It's slightly piney, but it, you know, it's got a little bit of oxidation on it and whatnot. But I mean, honestly, like if I ordered it, I wouldn't send it back. It's just a little, it's a little thin, but it's a session IPA. So it works. I don't yep. think it's bad at all. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if I ordered it unless it was absurdly expensive or something like that. But it definitely hits that session IPA. It is a little low bitterness tasting for 41 IBUs, but I also have a pretty high <laughs> right. IBU tolerance that I like to have. But yeah, it's a little lackluster, but it's it's not not badly lackluster. You know, that it's it has the it has a citrusy aroma, it has a citrusy up or citra hop and cascade noted uh upfront flavor with a touch of the lemon drop literally does smell and taste kind of like a lemon drop candy it has a little hint of that in there and it, since it is a session ip i'm not expecting a lot of malt character to it but um yeah it's just got a little bit of a of, of age on it which i expect if it's if we're only two months short of the, the best by date so yeah it doesn't taste that bad at all awesome yeah. well then we always wrap up interviews with the same question um we're all about cheap beer What's your beer pong beer? My beer pong beer? Oh, man. I haven't played beer pong in quite a while, thankfully. It seems to be the uh, ongoing answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I don't know if I should be ashamed or proud about that. Uh, 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 right now, it would be Pitch Side Pills. This is our 4.1% Pilsner that we do. German style pills. It's the um, official beer for the Charlotte FC football club. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's just, it goes down so fast. It just is a smash of beer. I have played beer pong many times with Hop Drop, and for some reason start playing really badly as the as so the How do those yeah. uh, the next mornings feel? No, they they're never that good. Never <laughs> that good. The hop headaches are real for sure. But uh, but yeah, pitch side is now my uh, my go to. Next time I'll play, next time I play, I'll make sure they have to bring some along with, with me. Awesome. Well, Chad, I appreciate your time today. Thank Absolutely. you for coming Thank on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, that was pretty. It was interesting stuff, especially when he, he cracked that open. And- Gave it a lackluster review, but not bad. <laughs> well, not a terribly lackluster review. He was way more review. eloquent about his description yeah. on it than Very us. smart. He kind Just of cool. actually agreed with our first sip impressions. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, that brings us to yeah. last Pro- call. Last call. All right. their fill now they'll rate this swill this is last call all right let's start things off with matt matt what do you think what, what do you give uh what do you give the uh citra hop session ipa craft brewed ale you know what it's my first kirkland beer and i would drink it again i like it did you yeah what do you give it uh i'm gonna give it a a 375 wow yeah good yeah. job it's yeah. pretty it's pretty good i mean as you know, knockoff hop beers go, four point nine percent. I mean, it's not going to kill my head. So yeah, I'm down. Okay, Brian, what do you think? I mean, um, you you did this whole thing with mm. with him, and you and I will. I want to note drop. You hung out with him, and he drank the beer, but you did not. Right, I did not. Um, I didn't didn't cheat. Uh, now the, the neighbors have tried to say this is better than Hopping Nomad. Totally disagree. Mm. Um, I'm going to drop this in a two and a half. Um. Mm. I'm getting more pine and cardboard than I want out of it. I want more citrus, so not terrible. Uh, but you know, as Chad actually said in the interview, what if this is fresher? 
Yeah, but and that's super interesting with the freshness and the born on yep. date. I'd love to try. I'd love to try hopping nomad that's fresher than the one we yep. had. Just and cold, always kept cold. Yeah, yep. which I didn't know because you know hopping nomads kept warm on the shelf, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I believe this was uh, warm on the shelf as well. At, not at bad, Costco. but I'm not going to buy it. Okay, all right, Blaine. What do you think? Well, great interview by the way, and um, it kind of validated how we feel uh, about this beer on our first sips, definitely because he. He, it, it was, you know, kind of that lackluster, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I think I, what I said in my first sip impression yeah. was it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, and I was still trying to fill it out. So not, I, I will say it's not bad. And I think you could drink this and, and be pretty happy with it and you won't feel like you've made a mistake. Um, but it, it is like, it's just kind of like one note. Um, Correct. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to put it at a three. Okay. Uh, I just. That's as low as I'll go when it's like fine, yeah. you know. Uh, but I, I feel like when I go into the two that's margin, that's, that's when you're getting into where it's kind of bad. Yeah. And this is not kind of bad. It's just not great. Um, it's not kind of good and, either. Not kind of yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. So three is like, you know, and I wish it had a little more of the after flavor. He was talking about oxidate, oxid. Nation. Yeah, so that that's interesting. Not uh, oxidating. That, yeah, oxi- that's a new Tinder <laughs> website. Matt is trying yeah. to chime in here. Uh, the boy in the front row, Matt, go ahead. He's raising his hand. <laughs> yes, and thank you for calling on me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and perhaps I missed this in the intro. Um, what are we looking at price per ounce? How much? Seven cents. How much did it cost for a twelve pack? Or it wasn't it was a twelve pack. This was a twenty four pack. It's Costco man, come on. It was twenty one dollars, I believe, and it was seven cents an ounce. Twenty one dollars for a twenty four pack. Okay, that's so pretty. It's pretty expensive it's by Bush Ice standards. Yes, it is. Yeah, but it's a <clears throat> session. But yeah, if I want an IPA, okay. I just I wanted you know, to know where I was at. I think, I, and and I've had the Kirkland stuff before, and I've not liked it. This is better than the stuff I've had, but it's not great. I'm going to put this at a 275. Uh, Hopping Nomad is better. It's a better beer. I agree. This is, what, this what, is okay. What did I rate Hopping Nomad at? All right. I'm going to let you guys finish without me. I got to pee really Hopping bad. Hopping Nomad. <laughs> you can you, pee at normal speed, Brian. It's yeah, okay. You can do it. We, we, we believe in you. Uh, your Hopping Nomad score um, was a, you gave it a um, four. Okay. So. Hmm. I like topping Nomad better, but I still like this just fine. You're drinking Bush Ice. <laughs> well, right. I've always got a Bush Ice open. Uh, you do. Oh, on that, on that note, we're glad you guys listened today. We had a lot to uh, to go over and uh, digest with this we beer. We learned a lot. We did. And, we learned a lot. And I would like to dedicate this episode to Brian's tiny bladder <laughs> since he's not here. He built on us. He left. Ashley had to take over. What? <laughs> Make sure you join us next week. I think Hold we're doing Trailgazer. Tiny <laughs> I think we're doing Trailgazer uh, next or we something. Are. We, are. we are. Is that what we're doing? You're yes. the one who has the, the, yes. the beer sixty. Sixty beer sixty. Okay. Well, tune in next week as we go good swill hunting.
Okay. Yeah, it's just okay. 